This podcast is brought to you by VinZero. VinZero pioneers solutions and services to the AEC and manufacturing industries to support net zero targets. Visit VinZero.com to learn more about how organisations design, build and solve through digitalisation. From VinZero to you, welcome to our Think Future podcast series. Each week we'll share conversations with industry leaders from around the world to find out how they're thinking future. Subscribe to VinZero Think Future for access to more episodes, interviews and profiles. Dan Rennie is the CEO of Lilac Technology, using Carlix's novel process enhancement technology to deliver a step change in the cost and efficiency of capturing CO2 emissions. Dan spearheaded the development and coordination of the first and second Lilac projects for Carlix, starting with the company in 2014. With three quarters of the built environment needed by 2050 still to be constructed, modelling indicates 1.4 gigatons of CO2 per year will need to be captured. The success of the project and potential of the technology has led to the creation of Lilac as a standalone company, offering a promising solution to combat this hard to abate sector. Welcome to the program, Dan. Well, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be with you today. Dan, cement and lime literally provide the foundations of our societies and economies and are also amongst the largest industrial contributors to climate change, accounting for 8% of global CO2 emissions. Lilac technology has pioneered groundbreaking technology to successfully capture the process emissions from these materials. Tell us more. That's right. Cement is one of the largest contributors of industrial emissions based on our society's need for cement. These are really unavoidable emissions. It it comes from releasing CO2 from the limestone itself when it gets processed. And that's why it's a hard to abate sector. Uh, We we just can't get around those unavoidable process emissions. And it is 8% because we need so much of it. It's the foundation of our civilization, really. And it's going to become increasingly important as we have increased population growth and increased urbanization. So It's a very important tool for our society. We we will continue to use it despite trying to do all the alternatives that we can. But fundamentally, we do have these process emissions and our society is trying to limit CO2 emissions into the atmosphere as, as part of addressing global warming. So if we're to achieve net zero by 2050, it means that we really do need to capture this CO2. And that's really what LILAC as the technology is trying to do. LILAC stands for Low Emissions Intensity Lime and Cement. And it's very much focused on capturing these unavoidable process emissions. And the way it does it is pretty simple. It's actually effectively just indirect heating where the limestone gets dropped down these great big tubes that get heated up. And then the the CO2 gets released from the limestone and can be captured pure from the top. And so it's a very low cost, efficient way of just keeping the CO2 pure as it's released from the limestone, which is the major ingredient in cement, of course. There are big policy and regulatory requirements pushing the cement industry towards decarbonisation. How are they going to impact Lilac? So... The policy and regulatory requirements are pushing the industry towards decarbonisation, and that is critical for Lilac. In fact, that's the only reason that Lilac exists. So to reach net zero targets by 2050, 
that is obligatory for cement companies to decarbonize. And these are both pushes from governments and from industry themselves. So industry realizes that to be a responsible uh, production partner, it really does need to decarbonize. And most cement companies have made commitments to net zero by 2050. Equally, almost all of our governments have under the Paris Agreement. And so we've got a very clear target for net zero by 2050. Again, with cement, uh, most of those emissions are unavoidable um, coming from the processing of limestone. In fact, limestone, almost half of its weight is released as CO2. So those process emissions need to be addressed. And that's really what Lilac is, is doing. Different countries will have different policy and regulatory enforcement speeds and mechanisms, but ultimately it's about decarbonizing as quickly and as cheaply as possible, and that's what Lilac's going to do. So there's no doubt that the AEC industry is looking to transform and decarbonise, and it's been a long-held view that the use of concrete, and specifically cement, needs to be drastically reduced. Are you saying that Lilac's technology changes, or does it challenge this long-held view? That's a very good question, and it complements it, actually. So we do need to reduce our cement needs as much as possible due to these unavoidable process emissions. That's the reason for it. But if we look at most of the studies by the International Panel of Climate Change or the Global Cement Concrete Association, Assuming that we can do everything else, assuming we can electrify industry, that we can reduce cement needs as much as possible, if we can reduce the uh, clink factor significantly with novel binders and calcine clays, for example, there is still a huge need by our society for cement. In fact, three quarters of the built environment that we'll need by 2050 hasn't been built yet. And that's mainly in areas and countries that need to develop this infrastructure that isn't there yet. And so we will have to capture this CO2. In fact, the modeling indicates we will need to capture at a minimum about 1.4 gigatons of CO2 per year by 2050. And again, that's assuming we can reduce everything else as much as possible. To put that in context, a large cement plant emits about 1 million tonnes of CO2 per year, quite often more than that. And so between now and 2050, that requires carbon capture being installed on about 1,400 cement plants globally. So that's really the need. And at a minimum, that's assuming we can do everything else. So Lilac's really just trying to fulfill that demand that our society has and doing it in a way that is affordable and captures these CO2 emissions. And on the topic of affordability, I read that it is potentially the lowest cost carbon abatement solution. So what is it that enables your process to be so cost effective? Well, it's really because it's quite, I'd say, simple solution, but elegance probably um, more appropriate. It's simple in that it's just keeping the CO2 that gets released from the limestone pure. So because we process the limestone in these steel tubes and the CO2 just gets released out of the top of them, it means that the CO2 is not being contaminated by flue gas or air. And so the energy required to capture these process emissions is not really any greater than conventional processing to make cement. 
So that's the basis of it. And the reason why carbon capture has been expensive to date is that other techniques are trying to separate gases from gases. It's trying to separate CO2 from the flue gas, or it's trying to separate oxygen from air to then approach capture that way. And all of that requires energy. Lilac's different. It uses indirect heating just to keep the CO2 pure. And so that's the fundamental basis of why it's just a potentially a very low cost and efficient process. There is complexity, of course, in most plants. This will need to be a retrofit, effectively as part of that modernization. But it does mean that in theory, the capital and certainly the operating costs can be very low. And our aim is to keep them as low as possible. And so I've read that the technology is also able to be energy agnostic, providing flexibility for multiple energy sources. Can you tell me more about that? Absolutely. Well, again, the technology is based on just heating up these effectively metal tubes, the type of high temperature alloy. And so we can use any energy source to heat these tubes. It doesn't have to be any particular fuel source. What that means is that we'll be starting off for our first plants on natural gas, because that's a very simple and easy fuel to use. That's what we've used in the Lilac 1, and we'll start off with the Lilac 2 projects. We will then use different fuels, particularly in Europe, alternative fuels, in fact, globally, alternative fuels are becoming increasingly important. That's what we will trial next year. We'll then move to whatever the host plant uses in terms of its alternative fuels. We've already got plants that can run, in fact, are entirely run on electricity. Again, that's very expensive, but in some cases, in many cases, but uh, it's a very clean and future-proofed energy source. And we can also use hydrogen as well. So this is the real benefit. We, we just need to heat these steel tubes up um, so we can be agnostic in terms of what our energy sources are and also be, I suppose, fit for future fuels. So again, as there's increased electrification or use of hydrogen, we can fuel switch in the future as well. So that's the other intention with this technology. Are you looking for a digitalisation and net zero partner to help you achieve your goals? Join the thousands of AEC and manufacturing customers globally who have turned to VinZero to start their journey toward a net zero future. With 32 offices around the world, VinZero can connect you to the right technologies and workflow processes so you can maintain your competitive position and increase profitability. VinZero has an industry expert to help you navigate the best pathway forward wherever you are on your digitalisation and net zero journey. Visit binzero.com to find out more. So with the obvious flexibility around fuel sources, how efficiently can the solution be applied to existing cement plants at scale? Well, most cement plants have got long operating lives. And so the technology really is being designed to be retrofitted, to be applied to existing cement plants. The Lilac 2 demonstration plant in Hanover in, in Germany will be based at Heidelberg Materials Plant. That's a fully operational plant. It's one of the, the great, very good ones in Germany. And Lilac 2 will be installed as a retrofit alongside this plant. It will effectively 
addressed about 25% of its emissions. Uh, it will capture 100,000 tonnes of CO2. It will again start off on natural gas and then aim to use the fuel that it uses and it will be heat integrated. And this will be a retrofit. So the intent is that we actually don't have any downtime for the plant. It's a fully operational plant. It needs to make clinker as often as it can. So this will be installed alongside the existing pre-calciner and then slowly commissioned uh, alongside it and then gradually ramp up to take 25% of its duty. And so that's the real intent of this technology is that we can modularize it install it as required alongside the existing operations, effectively 25% is a nice starting point, and then getting up to 100% of process emissions through commissioning and then running these modules as the plant turns down its existing pre-calciner. So it's very important being able to retrofit these plants. That's what Lilac 2 is trying to do and get us a, a module that can be scaled and again, use these uh, different fuels. So Lilac 2 is a very important plant for us. And again, proving these really critical points that we need to address to enable full scale and global decarbonisation of this industry using the Lilac technology. And certainly one of the topics that also needs to be addressed is the protection of the industry and jobs. So how does Lilac's technology help protect the industry, the jobs and the prosperity of the industry? Oh, that's a great question. And again, it's one that we, we do need to be very focused and targeted on. Carbon capture can be very expensive. And the more expensive it is, then the more likely it is that cement plants get consolidated into great big uh, single site units that have those efficiencies. What we're really trying to do is have a very low cost modular technology that can be applied to the majority, if not all cement plants globally. With the Lilac technology, it's again, quite straightforward. It's quite simple. Uh, it really is just about heating up these tubes and then there's a furnace around that and a structure to support it. So in terms of its complexity as a technology, it's quite simple. So our intent is to allow local engineering firms to ultimately roll these out, that they can be applied at a, a low cost and low cost means at any cement plant in the world. We, we really do want to decarbonize this on a global basis, not just the really rich nations that are, have got the money at the moment. The intent is to develop this technology, prove it, and then roll it out uh, globally. And that means blueprinting this design. So Lilac as a company will not be the, the company that installs these. The intent is that we have an IP, that this blueprint that can then be used by companies and using local manufacture and local materials to roll this out on an efficient basis. That means that these process emissions can be captured cheaply and efficiently. And then it's really just a case of what to do with the CO2, how that can be permanently and safely stored. And there are lots of examples of that globally about sequestration of the CO2 in particular. And again, a wide range of experiences and projects that are proving that and showing that it can be affordable and safe. And again, if we can get this capture part, it really does allow industry to be decarbonized, potentially on a very low cost and global basis. 
to drive adoption of this great technology? What is it that is then needed? Oh, well, we, we really do need a number of things. The most important of which is incentive mechanisms to have a fair and uh, just means of decarbonizing. As mentioned before, this cement plants just need to really make clinker. That's their aim. They need to provide this service to our society. And while doing so in a decarbonized or low carbon means, means that they have to just address these CO2 emissions. That does cost money. So having fair incentive mechanisms will be very important. And there are some very big and powerful ones in place, such as European Union's emissions trading system, or uh, in the United States, the, the 45Q tax credits provide a really important drivers. And there are now carbon capture schemes in about a third of countries globally. They're not always at a great financial level yet, but that will need to come if we're to decarbonize by 2050. And so those incentive mechanisms will eventually be in place, but they do need to be fair and, and applied widely. And again, we're now getting lots of examples of that. So I think that's all in train. And as part of that, there'll be regulation and policy support. But as I was mentioning before, it's the transport and storage of the CO2 that will be really important. And this isn't just for cement, it's for all industry and often the power sector as well. Carbon capture is a really important way of ensuring that we can decarbonize efficiently, particularly for these unavoidable process emissions. And so government support and regulation for the safe and secure storage of CO2 will be really important. So if a cement plant can capture all of its CO2 emissions and it's got the prospect of storing that CO2, it really will be for local governments to, to enable that. CO2 storage has been undertaken safely since the 1970s and in saline aquifers from the 1990s in an offshore environment and onshore environment. It can be done safely and at scale. Uh, I think the Global CCS Institute was saying that about 220 million tons of CO2 has been stored safely to date globally. And we all just need a lot more of that. And so really supporting and advocating for the transport and storage infrastructure to be put in place as quickly as possible will be key. And I think that's just that will be the easiest way of ensuring that our societies can decarbonize. So again, incentive mechanisms and enabling transport and storage infrastructure. What about the role of consumer interest or demand? Well, I think that's there already. I think the society has got a very clear and important role to both encourage and demand that we do have a sustainable industry for our society. I think there really is global and wide support for net zero by 2050. And this is just a critical part of it. Again, with this hard to abate sector with unavoidable process emissions, I think society is going to be uh, very uncompromising, quite rightly so, when it comes to decarbonisation. We've got the technology, we've got the ability. It really is just about making these steps now to do it at scale. And that means doing everything. It means using as much renewable power as possible, as many low carbon products as possible. And when it's not available, capturing and storing that CO2. And that's really what we're 
as an industry really getting to the point of being able to do so at scale and it's a very exciting time i think and but i, I think society is really uh giving a very clear indication of where we need to get to and we're responding and now we just need to do so as quickly as possible i think it certainly sounds like lilac is going to be critical to the industry moving forward and to the abatement of some of those emissions so very interesting to be talking to you. When you think future about the industry, what is it that excites you the most? What excites me the most is just how dramatic the intentions and shift intentions that have come from industry. So I think there's been a real call to arms, as it were, with the Paris Agreement, and industry has really responded. And so I think Lilac is one technology has got a part to play in that, but every technology does. Every means of decarbonisation needs to be explored as fully and in depth as possible. I'm just really excited by the way the industry is really responding. It really is driving forward with these novel technologies, which are quite different, and it's a seismic change. Um, so the cement industry is a very long and prestigious one going back thousands of years. And now there's this fundamental change in the way that it's approaching the way it produces cement and capturing these CO2 emissions. It's a big change. It's also enormous in terms of its scale. And I'm just very enthusiastic and encouraged by the efforts that are being made, both from a technology and from a regulatory and policy point of view and society. I mean, really, people uh, being so enthusiastic and encouraging of this decarbonisation efforts means that it's a very, very exciting time to be part of this journey. And it's a great honour and pleasure to contribute in some small way. And I'm, I'm very optimistic about the future. And uh, it's uh, a great pleasure to be here, actually. Well, Dan, thanks for joining us on the program. And we certainly look forward to watching your contribution with great interest and wishing you a lot of success in the future. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great pleasure to, to talk to you. And uh, again, this is a real interesting challenge that's facing our society. And I think every little bit we can do will help. So that's no, going to be an interesting journey. And uh, thank you. This podcast was brought to you by VinZero. VinZero helped the AEC and manufacturing industries keep pace with digital change and achieve their technological and sustainability leadership goals. VinZero is a company that cares about creating and building a better world. Together, we are working with industry and environmental experts, providing forums and platforms through our VinZero Think community to create conversations that matter to our future generations. We invite you to join in the conversation and participate in our Think community. Like and subscribe to Think Future to stay up to date with the latest innovations and conversations as we take AEC and manufacturing around the world closer to zero. You can download our podcasts at vinzero.com or from your favourite podcast platform. From Vinzero Think Future, thanks for listening.